0: I believe with all of my heart, we are at this time, this time that Jesus was teaching right here. We are at the threshold of the end of the age that he's talking about and teaching here. We're at the end. Truly, really an honor and a privilege for my wife and I, my wife Cheryl and I, to be here in uh, at Surrey, British Columbia, like I said in the Sunday school hour. Uh, My roots are in British Columbia. That's where I was born and raised, here in B.C., but not in Surrey, up in Quinnell, B.C., between Quinnell and Williams Lake. I was raised on a cattle ranch there. I was raised breaking horses, chasing cattle, and uh, I was on a horse before I could walk, uh, propped in front of my dad, going out, getting cattle. My dad was a true blue cowboy, top to bottom, inside out. Second, third generation rancher. If you'd see him, he looked like he jumped right out of a John Wayne movie. Um, he was a he was a true blue cowboy. He met my wife. Uh, my wife, my mother, who was his wife, had become uh, up to Quesnel to teach in a in a modern two room school. She was told, but when she got there, she didn't realize that one school was one room was seven miles from the other one. <laughs> and uh, that's where she uh, started teaching and that's where she met my dad and got married but she's actually from down in this area in fact yesterday my wife and i had to take the opportunity here to go over and visit my grandfather's garden estate called the glades i don't know if any of you know seen the glades but it's just down towards the border there the Glades Garden that was started founded by my grandfather and uh, whenever we get out in this area we go there now it has been gifted to the city of Surrey so the city of Surrey has it. So if any of you want to go and see and there's a lot of uh, uh, plants and things with my grandfather's name on it one in particular called the Stevens orchid the orchids uh, he developed a lot of those and uh, so there's a little history i just want to say what a blessing this morning service has been already we could go home uh, and we could just w- savor this what we've heard this morning the music the choir the specials what a blessing and 23 years of memories here that are obviously a real blessing i love the missionary board All of your missionaries—it's a church with a heart for missions. That is such a blessing, and uh, I just want to say—and a Bible college. I met the Bible college pastor, uh, the pastor that leads the Bible school here this morning, and uh, I want to tell you, there's great things are done in small Bible colleges. I started—I started attending a Baptist church in 1979. And that, that church had a Bible college, very similar to this, a small Bible college. And after coming to the church for a few Sundays, uh, I asked the pastor, I said, would it be okay if I sat in on your Bible college classes? And they had Bible college classes in that Bible school. that started 7 o'clock in the morning, and they were over at noon. Now, I was a pilot, commercial pilot, flying... Uh, then but in the winter time it was January it was kind of a slow time and so I wouldn't have to be at the airport you know unless there was a need so I asked him if I could sit in on the Bible college classes because you see what had happened to me I had been saved I'd gotten saved I shared in the Sunday school hour and uh, I had started you know I was after you're saved there's a hungering in your heart for God there's a hungering in your heart for the word of God and there's a hungering in your heart to be with God's people now I wasn't raised in any kind of a church or any didn't have any church background up there in the in the cattle country of BC there was no churches nothing I didn't have I wasn't a Catholic I wasn't a Protestant I was a nothing okay and uh, but thank God for that song that we sang this morning he sets us free he takes nothings and makes something out of nothings, folks. But my journey, my real journey, started connecting with a Baptist church, 1979, and then sitting in with the pastor's permission to audit, called auditing, his, the classes. So I would go at 7 in the morning, and I would sit. And I loved it every day, listening to Bible I'll tell you, Bible college was a life-changing experience. So then I said to the pastor, after a while, I said, you know, I think I would like to, I'd like to become, go to Bible college. You think I could? He said, well, <laughs> he said, fill out an application, submit it. And I, he said, I think you should be able to. And... Uh, So I filled out an application, submitted the the application, and it was not very long, and he said, you know, if you wanna come, you're welcome, you can come in any time. In fact, you can come in on this semester. You'll have to do some catch-up, but I'd already sat in quite a few classes. He said, you could probably do it. So I started in Bible college. Now, that was the beginning. I was admitted in the Bible college. I started going. My first, my plan was To just go to Bible college for one year. But after one year, it was so good, I had to go two years. And two years, I realized I still didn't know enough. I went three years. The program was four years. I finished it in three and a half years. And uh, after college, uh, then the pastor, they had a choir. The pastor asked me if I could join uh, them this year after Bible school. On the choir tour, they took the choir and went and visited churches, and he asked if I would join them, because I was in the bass section of the choir, and so I said I would. And it was on that choir tour, in after graduating from Bible college, we stopped at a little Baptist church in Macmillan, Michigan, out in the eastern out in the U.S. Michigan, and uh, that's where I met my wife. And that was before you had texting and all of this emails and stuff. Those days, you had to write letters with a pen, and you had to put a stamp on it and send it. And we did that for a while, and then we connected, and uh, and uh, within two years we were married, and uh, we've lived happily ever after. Okay. <laughs> and uh here we are in, and who would have known when i went to that bible college folks i'll tell you let god have his way in your life you will never you will not in your wildest dreams believe what god will do with you he's just waiting for you you to surrender to him all the will of god is is just cooperating with god that's all it is it's saying lord that song you folks sang, what a beautiful song. God's overall, but he doesn't force his will on anybody. All he's waiting for you to say, I will. Say yes to God. And you will be amazed at what he'll do in your life. Will it be easy? No. It's going to be bumpy. I, could, I guarantee you, I could, this 23 years of what has been done here is amazing, Pastor. And I want to say, it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Pastor and Mrs. White. Uh, that's where the vision was birthed, and where it began. I hope you, I'm sure you do, but I hope you share that from time to time, and anniversary time's a good time to do it. Share your appreciation to, with your pastor and his wife for their labor of love. That's the greatest encouragement a pastor can get, is from his own people. How do I know that? I'm one of them. And uh, so it's, and uh, God has a great plan for Surrey, B.C., but folks, I, want to t- I just want to say, it's, the Bible College was a big change in my life. I used to, I remember my first time singing in a choir back there, and uh, that's where, singing in the choir, and I just want to say what a blessing it is to hear a church choir. And all of you, the, the pianists, all of you, offer so much to the overall ministry of this church, and it's just a great blessing to be a part of it. Today, this week, folks, is thanksgiving. You know what? The most thankful people on earth should be God's people. It is thanksgiving comes from the heart of God's people. In fact, there wouldn't be a thanksgiving if it wasn't for God's people. The first thanksgiving was in 1623 in the eastern United States. That was the first thanksgiving recorded that we knew it. And it was the colony out there in the eastern U.S. said let's set aside a day of thanksgiving. And they had the pastor, and I, it's an amazing quote that he has there about giving thanks to God for his almighty blessings, uh, giving, giving them, getting them to this country for a new start. Thanksgiving. I just want to share a couple things. God gave you a gift of 86,400 seconds every, today and every day. Have you used one of them, one second of it, to say thank you? That's from William Ward. For after all, put it as we may to ourselves, we are all of us from birth to death, guests at a table which we did not spread. The sun, the earth, love, friends, our very breath are parts of the banquet shall we think of the day as a chance to come near to our host and to find out something of him who has fed us so long that's what you're doing today you're coming and you're actually coming to the one who is the giver of thanksgiving but i'll tell you the bible is full of thanksgiving and the exhortation for us to have a thanksgiving heart Thanksgiving is possible only for those who take time to remember, which you've done today. No one can give thanks who has a short memory. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. Matthew, chapter 24, and verse number 42, as which we read. Here, uh, Matthew, chapter 24, and Matthew 25 are Two chapters known as the All of That Discourse, They they are the two chapters of the Bible that probably stir up more controversy and give more attention to than most. Most of it is misunderstood. Most interpretation of it, much of it, is misapplied, misunderstood. But Matthew 24 and 25 are kind of, the end of the age that we're living in they are a discourse from our lord to his disciples after they asked the question when is the end when is the end and he had just it was about the temple and uh, they had a question about the temple so here he gives chapter 24 chapter 25 are directed they are direct answers to the question that he asked. So Matthew 24 and 25. Let's look at that question verse 3. Chapter 24 and verse 3. As he sat upon the mount of olives, the disciples came unto him privately saying, "Tell us, when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming?" and of the end of the world the end of the world now that word world in our king james bible has is also would be translated the word age the end of the age uh, it's he is the the disciples are concerned they know there's an end of the age plan and they're asking the Lord, there's a lot of questions in their mind spinning around about the end. Lord, when and what are the two things, when and what? The next two chapters are answering the when and what of the end of the age, the end. But our text is saying this, it's really all pivots around, these would be the key verses in this text. Verse 42, watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Verse 43, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered the house to be broken up. Verse 44. Verse 44, therefore, therefore, therefore. Anytime you see a therefore in a King James Bible, you always ask yourself, what is the therefore, therefore? There's two words in our English language, therefore and wherefore. Those two words always hang on something that has been said before. In the context folks you will never know the bible you will never get to a right conclusion if you don't study the bible in context if you do not study your bible in context you end up with a pretext out of context you will be mixed up confused and never arrive at a good conclusion it is imperative that we get context the word wherefore the word therefore are contextual words that make you go back, go back and study and say, what is the therefore, therefore? What is the wherefore, there? That is, gets you see. So what he said from verse 1, from the answer to the question to here, is all this, be ready. That's the challenge. That is the key to the whole context of what he's teaching to these disciples. He's saying, be ready. Be ready. In fact, in verse 42, watch. He's got the idea here of standing on a wall, watching for the enemy. It's a watch. Watch, therefore. The verse 43 is about a, a picture of a man breaking, a thief breaking into a house. He said, if you'd watch, if you'd know known what hour he's come, you'd have stopped it. Verse 44 says, therefore, be ye also ready for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man Cometh. That's the whole idea. And it's the key verse of the entire two chapters, 24 and 25. Therefore, be ye also ready. Ready for what? Ready for what is coming. That's what. Now, this was taught 2,000 years ago. But I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, we are there. I believe with all of my heart, we are at this time. This time that Jesus was teaching right here, we are at the threshold of the end of the age that he's talking about and teaching here. We're at the end. And ladies and gentlemen, I can't say it enough, we must make sure we are ready. And as God's people, we have got to be engaged in the work that he's given us to do. We've got to be watching and be ready it is so important and imperative we are let's pray just for a minute pray for god's help father i pray in the name of our lord jesus i come to you lord this i've never been at this church before in my life i've never been able to visit and connect with these people like we are today and we know before the foundation of the world this day was ordained This day was ordained for something and for someone. And Lord, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit of God will take these words and help somebody here today. I pray it'll help our pastor, the pastor and his wife. Lord, I want to be a help and encouragement to them. And I want to be a help to this church. And Lord, it's you that we ask that you would be my voice and my help for the glory of Jesus Christ and the edifying of your church and the building of the body of Christ in Jesus' name, amen. And he says, so what he's, he's he's, uh, the, the challenge is to be ready. Now, we have in our world just came through two brutal years of pandemic mandates and lockdowns. This summer was nice. It was such a nice change. We almost felt like we were getting back to normal again. But at our church, we have a decals that we've handed out for bumper stickers. And we've got them. We're putting them on. And this man in our church, it is called Normal Isn't Coming Back, but Jesus Is. And there's a picture of a lion on this. And we're sticking this on the bumpers of our cars. And every once in a while, we get a toot, toot, honk. And uh, normal isn't coming back. Jesus is. It's true. Uh, we're having a nice summer, and I'm so thankful to be here with you today and uh, share this very special 23-year birthday today. But folks, get ready. We're, there's trouble on the horizon. There's clouds building. And the Bible teaches this. We are to work And plan like Jesus isn't coming back for another 100 years, but we need to be prepared for him to come tomorrow. We need to be ready and prepared for him to come tomorrow. And folks, I don't know if it's gonna be tomorrow, I don't know if it'll be the next day, but I think from everything I'm gonna share here today and see, it is going to be soon. And I fear that there may be some in this room today that are not ready not ready how do you get ready number one you must be saved you must know jesus christ as your savior you must have come to that special encounter will you open your heart and you say lord jesus come forgive me of my sin i want you as my savior i'll follow you and do my best lord i want you to save me and when you open your heart and I, whatever words you say, it's expression of the heart to accept the gift of eternal life, Jesus, God's son, into your heart. When that happens, a new life begins in you. It's a new life, it's a new beginning. If you're a Christian here today and you're not walking with God, you're not in fellowship with him, you're not ready, you're not ready it's twofold to the christian and now the context of what we're reading here is really to the nation of israel it is the nation of israel that he is addressing much of this to the application goes out and beyond israel but matthew 24 and 25 are israel okay really primarily so if you're a christian out of fellowship with god You got bitter. You got hurt. Somebody hurt you. Maybe the church disappointed you. The pastor disappointed you. You know, sometimes pastors disappoint people. I've done it. Maybe it's another believer, another Christian. He was a hypocrite. And so you get hurt and you walk away. You know what? There's hypocrites in the church. But that doesn't stop you from following God. It shouldn't stop you. You'll run into another hypocrite next week and one the next month. We keep our focus and our faith on following Christ with all our heart. And if you, and if you allow bitterness in your heart, things in your heart to hinder you, folk, I'm just asking you, begging you, don't. You need to be ready when Jesus comes. You want to be clean and walking and in fellowship with God. The book of Second Peter calls it, the day of an abundant, abundant entry, the entry into the kingdom of God, it'll be an abundant entry. And that's what we want to do. We want to, we don't want to go in there ashamed. We want to go into his kingdom in fellowship with him here. So we will go in on the victory day with whatever he's got for us to do. Okay. Uh, we have days coming on the we have clouds building on the horizon. We have wars in the other side of the world. I remember back in our growing up years in the 70s, 80s, I went to school up in Cornell here British Columbia and I remember, you know, all of the rhetoric going around cold war, cold war, nuclear threat, Russia, 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 cold war and there was a lot of I didn't really understand. I just knew there was bombs out there that could do a lot of damage and uh, as I was growing up Folks today, we have never, in the history of the world, been as close to a nuclear out-out out nuclear war than we are right at this very moment. Nothing to worry about if you're a Christian, but you've got to be ready. You must be ready. How do you be ready? Be saved make sure you're in fellowship with god and in fellowship with his people it's twofold everything taught in the bible is vertical and horizontal the new testament covenant is first vertical with jesus you're going to make your peace with god you've got to know him as your savior and then it's out to others your vertical relationship will be known by your horizontal relationship Outward to the body of Christ. They're here today gathered together. But we need to be in fellowship with him and with one another. We need to be in fellowship with him, with your pastor, and with one another. It is God's design for the time that we live. If you are not in fellowship, you are not ready and my challenge with you today get ready be ready be prepared that's what jesus is saying that's what he is emphasizing here watch and be ready get ready the day's coming okay we must he was answering these questions he was challenging them and teaching them about some things that will be indicators for the end of the world. End of the age is really the end of this age. Now, what was this age? This age was known as the time of the Gentiles. I want you to go to the book of Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. It's a parallel of this, uh, Luke 21 and verse eight. Okay. I believe that's the one. Luke 21 and verse number eight. Okay, Uh, Luke 21 and verse number 24, sorry. Luke 21, verse 24. He says, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, this is a parallel to Matthew 24. Now, what Luke is emphasizing, there is two prongs to this teaching. One, in Matthew 24, it is teaching about the destruction coming upon Jerusalem in 70 A.D., When Jerusalem would be totally destroyed, the Roman army would come down and besiege Jerusalem and destroy the temple, completely destroy the temple. Matthew 24 teaches that as well, what Luke has just taught here. But I want you to notice in Luke chapter 21, verse 24, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles being fulfilled is the time that we're living right now. For the last 2,000 years, we've lived in the times of the Gentiles, and it is just about to come to a climax. It's almost to the end of the age of the Gentiles. When the end of this time, the end of the Gentiles, then it'll be another dispensation called the time of the tribulation. That'll be the next seven years. And then from then, from the end of the seven-year period, into the 1,000-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Now, the good news, we have an amazing opportunities coming in the time of the millennium. And even, I want to tell you, we will not go through the tribulation if I believe the Bible is clear about that. Now, there's lots of opposite, different views on when the rapture is going to come and all of this. But Jesus uh, doesn't really address the rapture here, but he addresses being ready. We go up to First Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, those are the two church authority books on the second coming of Christ. First and 1 Thessalonians, Jesus Christ comes for his church. 2 Thessalonians, Jesus Christ comes with his church. Okay? 1 Thessalonians, he's coming for his church. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. That is the rapture of the church, known as the rapture. Second Thessalonians doesn't address that. Second Thessalonians, it's Jesus Christ coming with the church back to earth, Armageddon, and then setting up his millennial reign of Christ. And folks, if you're ready, if you're saved and serving Christ here, you're going to s- serve him there. And the, how you serve him here, I believe, is going to have a relevance on how you serve him there. Everything every we've done in our body as Christians will be weighed at a judgment and we'll be seen how you did, how faithful you were, and you will be rewarded, it says in 1 Corinthians Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble. Remember that? Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, and your works will be tried by fire. Now back at the ranch up in B.C., uh, here in northern, I remember lighting many fires. We burnt lots of bush. We cleared lots of land on the ranch and there's one thing fire burns wood hay stubble when you light a fire under gold silver precious stone it's still gold silver precious stone even after the fire has burned and that's how our works will be tried how Your works that you've done every day every year serving god someday it will be rewarded and how your reward i believe your reward will then your reward will be how you serve down here while you were a christian you say i used to but i'm not folks you need to be ready you need to adjust your life get yourself back in fellowship with God, getting yourself in fellowship. So back to Matthew twenty-four. He's got a two-pronged uh, doctrine here, teaching the seventy-year destruction of Jerusalem. Okay, the seventy-year destruction of Jerusalem, and then the whole period of the times of the Gentiles. Now he 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 says to them. Uh, What's going to happen? So he, the, the, chapter 24 and verse 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the building of the temple. It wasn't just to show him the building of the temple. It was to question him about the temple. They had questions about the temple plan, the temple program, because they knew the age to come there was a temple. What, God, what is this temple plan, the temple program? and he says in verse 2 that Jesus said unto him see you not all these things verily I say unto you there shall not be here left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down that was 70 AD that was what happened to the temple in Jerusalem 70 AD they were in Luke chapter 21 verse 24 it says they were Dispersed all around the world in every nation that happened and it has happened until until 1948 Israel was made a nation again for the first time in 2,000 years in 1948 1948 triggered something that was addressed here in Matthew 24 now in this there is in this discourse of 24, 25, there are four parables in this discourse, all about really preparation, okay? There's two pictures in this discourse. There's four parables. There's the parable of the fig tree. There's the far- parable of the faithful and wise steward. There's a the parable of the 10 virgins, and there's the parable of the talents. The fig tree is about Israel. The faithful wise steward could be applied to everyone. It was a parable of faithfulness. There's the parable of the ten virgins. Five were without oil and five worked. That is salvation, that is being prepared and ready with salvation. There's the parable of the talents. There was five talents. Two were given to one, one to another, and one to the last one. Two, there was five talents given, two talents given, and one. This is a ta- parable of talents in service serving god okay then there is that was then there's the two pictures given in this discourse there's the noah and the flood picture given in matthew 24 and then there's a picture of the sheep and the goats sheep and goats and the judgment of nations there are three applications there's a 70 ad application There's the tribulation time at the end of the period known as the times of the Gentiles. And there's the picture, the application of all hearers being prepared and ready. There is fourthly, the call to be ready, both to nationally, to Israel, but also personally to everyone. Personal to them uh, in the future. The word saved is only mentioned here one time. It's very interesting, and it's been misunderstood, misapplied, So, but it's here. Matthew 24, verse 13, the word saved, only once. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Huh. So that's how we get saved. We endure to the end. We endure to the end. That's the only time you'd think, boy, if there's ever a time to put this clear, It would be here in this calamity discourse to tell people how to be saved. What he doesn't tell you here, okay, I want you to just go up to verse 14, or the next verse, verse 14. Uh, Verse 14 gives you the clue. Verse 14, okay. He that endures to the end shall be saved. That's tribulation. That is talking about this terrible time coming. If you get through to the end, you're going to go into the millennial kingdom without dying, which many are gonna die. But look at verse 14. This is really, really, really interesting. This is an end time sign, but this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end of the age come. He's answering the question for these disciples. When's the end? When's the end? He says, one of the things is the gospel is going to be preached to all nations. That's why we've got to get to work. We've got to get to work. You know, my wife and I, yesterday we went to the Glades, and I was a little boy uh, growing up, about 13 years old. My mother took us on an amazing holiday. We got on a train in Quenelle, B.C., and we rode that train all the way down to Vancouver. My uncle picked us up and they lived in White Rock and they took us over there and we spent a few days. We went down to the beach and we played in the water and the ocean, an ocean, we actually saw the Pacific Ocean. Okay, it was like a big adventure for guys from a cowboy ranch up in DC, for thirty to do that, to come down. So I said to my wife, I said, let's go down there. Let's just take a drive over to White Rock. And it'll bring back some memories when I was a little boy. And see if I can find my aunt's house. We went down and I don't think we couldn't find her house. I, it was, we were close, but I couldn't. Maybe it's not even there anymore. It has changed so much. But folks, one of the things that I could not leave there was the people, the multitude of people Boy, we at our church, every Saturday, we go out handing out tracts. We call it tract evangelism. We're part of a, a program, uh, program, I guess, it's, all churches are called Phil America and Phil Canada. And we are, it's every Saturday, we go out, with, and we go out to the parking lots, all the mall parking lots, wherever people are, and we just give tracts. Here's something for you to read. This is a message that will change your life. Some say, I'm not interested. But it's amazing how many people say, thank you, thank you, thank you. They take that track, and you just never know. We've had people come to our church because of that track evangelism, going out and uh, getting out. But in White Rock yesterday, the multitudes of people. I couldn't help but think of the verse in Matthew. They, he looked into the multitudes and had compassion on them. And they were like, they were like a sh- sheep, sheep with no shepherd, fainting that word fainting in that verse it means they don't know where they're going they're all mixed up and confused you can see it the way they dress the way they act you can see we're in a world of confusion and chaos and you know what the only answer is Jesus Christ and the gospel ladies and gentlemen our churches need to see in this hour we need to be engaged in evangelism i know you folks are but some maybe aren't. It's a chance. You know what? Once you know that you are ready, our job is to help other people prepare and get ready. They can't without the gospel. It's impossible for a person to prepare without hearing the gospel. The gospel is the key. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, how old you are, how young you are. It is the gospel that gets us prepared and ready. what is coming are you ready are you ready are you prepared if you're not I say today is the day to prepare yourself Christian if you're not prepared if you're not walking in fellowship with God maybe you're a visitor here and you you've been out of fellowship you've just come I'm challenging you to come today and reconnect and fellow. how do you get back in fellowship 1 John, 1 John teaches us, if we, co- if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's how you get back in fellowship. Okay. Verse 7 comes two verses before that, and it is, uh, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It's interesting that verse 7 comes from before verse 9. Connecting with the fellowship is where cleansing begins. Where cleansing is finished is when you confess your sin. That's where cleansing is, is completed. Folk, if you're here and out of fellowship with God, come back. You know revivals? Revivals start when God's people get right with God. That is where revival begins. And you know what Surrey BC needs? more than anything in all the world we need revival your church needs revival a revival a bursting forth of god's grace revival i wish I had more time but we'll have more time after later i'm i'm share some more things with you uh after but ladies and gentlemen i plead with you if you're not saved if you don't know jesus christ is your savior Today, if you feel that prodding in your heart, that is God saying, Come. He's saying, Come. Christian friend, if you're at a fellowship with God, there's no time to fool around, no time to think another day. I'll do it later. It's now. We are at the end of an age. We're at the end of the most important age in all of history. We're at the end, the climax of the times of the Gentiles. My question to you today is are you ready for what is coming? Let's pray. After, Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.